0: Chapter thirty of the Expedition of the Donner Party and Its Tragic Fate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Expedition of the Donner Party and Its Tragic Fate by Eliza P. Donner Houghton. Chapter thirty Ideals and Longings. The Future. Christmas. At the time of which I now speak, I was in my eleventh year, but older in feeling and thought. I had ideals and wanted to live up to them, and my way was blocked by difficulties. Often, in the cow-yard, I would say to the dumb creatures before me, I shall milk you dry and be kind to you as long as I stay, but I shall not always be here doing this kind of work. These feelings had been growing since the beginning of Grandpa's partnership in that bar-room. Neither he nor Grandma saw harm in the business. They regarded it as a convenient place where men could meet and spend a social evening, and where strangers might feel at home. Yet who could say that harm did not emanate from that bar? I could not but wish that Grandpa had no interest in it. I did not want to blame him, for he was kind by nature, and had been more than benefactor to Georgia and me fond recollection was ever bringing to mind joys he had woven into our early childhood especially tender and precious thoughts were associated with that night long ago when he hurried home to inspect a daguerreotype that had just been taken grandma handed it to him with a complacent remark mine and george's sinned fine but eliza's shows that she forgot herself and is watching how the thing is being made grandpa looked at it in silence Observing that grandma's likeness was natural, and Georgia's perfect, in fact, pretty as could be, while I, not being tall enough to rest my elbow comfortably upon grandma's shoulder, stood awkwardly with my flowers drooping and eyes turned, intently watching in the direction of the operator. Regretfully, I explained, Grandpa, mine was best two times, for Georgia moved in the first one, and grandma in the next, and the picture man said after each. We must try again, and he would have tried again, for me, but the sun was low, and Grandma said she was sorry, but this would have to do. Lovingly, he then drew me to his side, saying, Never mind, my shots, my treasure. Let Grandma and Georgia keep this, and when that picture man comes back, Grandpa will sit for his picture, and thou shalt stand at his knee. He'll buy thee a long gold chain to wear around thy neck and thou shalt be dressed all in white, and look like an angel. Being younger than Grandma, and more fond of amusements, he had taken us to many entertainments, notably odd fellows' picnics and dinners, where he wore the little white linen apron, which we thought would be cute for our dolls. He often reminded Grandma that she should teach us to speak the High German, so that we might appear well among gentlefolk and my cherished keepsakes included two wee gold dollars and a fifty-cent piece of the same bright metal which he had given me after fortunate sales from the herds but dearest of all is remembrance of the evening long ago when he befriended us at sutter's fort still not even those tender recollections could longer hold in check my resentment against the influences and associations which were filtering through that bar-room and robbing me of companions and privileges that I valued. More than once had I determined to run away, and then desisted, knowing that I should leave two lonely old people grieving over my seeming ingratitude. This question of duty to self and to those who had befriended me haunted my working hours, went with me to church and Sunday school, and troubled my mind when I was supposed to be asleep. Strange, indeed, would it have seemed to me, Could I then have known that before my thirtieth year I should be welcomed in the home of the military chief of our nation? Strange also that the young lieutenant, William Tecumseh Sherman, who, when visiting in Sonoma, came with his fellow officers to the Brunner Farm, should have attained that dignity. Equally impossible would it have been, then, to conceive that in so short a time I, a happy mother and the wife of a congressional representative, "'should be a guest at the brilliant receptions "'of the foreign diplomats "'and at the executive mansion in the city of Washington. "'Is it any wonder "'that in later years when my mind reverted to those days "'I almost questioned my identity? "'Georgia's return from Mrs. Bergwald's before Christmas "'gave me a chance to talk matters over with her, "'and we decided that we must leave our present surroundings. "'Yet how to get away, and when, puzzled us. "'Our only hope of escape seemed to be "'to slip off together some moonlight night. "'But,' my sister remarked gravely, "'we can't do it before Christmas. "'You forget the white flannel skirt "'that I am embroidering for Grandma, "'the pillow slips that you are hemstitching "'and trimming with lace for her, "'and the beautiful white shirt that you have for Grandpa. "'She was sure that not to stay and give them as we had planned "'would be as bad as breaking a promise.' So we took out our work and hid ourselves to sew a while. My undertaking was not so large or elaborate as hers, and when I finished she still had quite a piece to do, and was out of floss. She had pinpricked from an embroidered silk shawl onto strips of white paper the outline of a vine representing foliage, buds, and blossoms, then basted the paper in place around the skirt. The colors were shaded green and pink. Unable to get the floss for the blossoms, she had bought narrow pink silk braid and outlined each rose and bud, then embroidered the foliage in green. Some might have thought it a trifle gaudy, but to me it seemed beautiful, and I was proud of her handiwork. I washed, starched, and ironed the pillow slips while Grandma was from home, and they did look well, for I had taken great pains in doing my work. Several days before the appointed time, grandma in great good humor showed us the dresses she had been hiding from us and then and there like three children unable to keep their secrets longer we exchanged gifts and were as pleased as if we had waited until christmas morning end of chapter thirty